Uh, welcome to the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast. I'm still in a pissed off mood from Sunday's Nets loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Mike Biseglia, bad weather fans, you hear him and Alex, you know, bitch at each other about the Knicks and Nets, which I actually listen to every single week. And I hate to admit this, man. Mm. Alex is kind of growing on me. I couldn't mm. stand him for a while, but I don't know. He he seems genuine. He's a Nick fan. He's genuinely happy they're playing well. Like what? How can I, plus he's a Met fan? How could I really hate him? Andy, the Jets fan too, by the way. And we actually this past weekend, my wife, me, Alex, and his fiance, we all got together in New Jersey and had like a normal outing. Wow. And yeah, he was he was uh you know we didn't really talk Knicks all that much and. As a human being goes, he was he was okay. He's got a fiance. He's getting married. This guy. He's getting married. I know. Stunner, right? Nick fan, getting married. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> no, I'm 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 happy for Nick fans. I really am. Let me get to Sunday. I don't know why it pissed me off. I hmm. think it was because it was really the first time in a while I had that playoff stomach ache. Every possession mattered. I was watching the game on ABC, which was my first mistake. I think it was also on Yes, too. So, you know, it had that big game feel. You had these two superstars going at it. Obviously, Giannis. KD was outstanding. We built a big lead. I thought we were going to win the basketball game. And there were just things late in the game that drove me nuts. A couple of big offensive rebounds that went Milwaukee's way. Uh, a couple of non-foul calls where KD should have been at the line. And really just Giannis never missing, despite the Nets daring him to take outside, outside shots all night. And I think what really pissed me off ultimately is that game and that best of seven series is exactly why I've said on this podcast to you, I want the one seed. Because I don't want to have to go through both Milwaukee and Philadelphia. If you get the one seed, the road is paved a little bit easier. This is a second round series. This game we saw on Sunday, the game we're going to see tomorrow in IPRO, that's a second round preview. And I think a part of what annoyed me watching this game was thinking this was avoidable. Mm. Yes. And it's, you know, what's, what's interesting is usually I'm like pessimistic and I feel angry and I would have that same sentiment after losing 117, 114 to the Bucks and realizing like, oh my God, this is going to be a dogfight. This is going to be brutal. This thing is going to go the distance. This is going to be annoying. I left that game with weirdly feeling good. And that is not like me. So I want to start with that. Like, tell I, me why I, I felt because I thought they played so bad. And we're in this game. Obviously, Durant was excellent. His 43 points, he was almost unstoppable at the end of this game, hitting shot after shot after shot, three-pointer, three-pointer. They could not defend him. I know we talked about Giannis, but it just felt as if this to me was like game three in Milwaukee. Nets had already won two at home. They're going to Milwaukee. <laughs> they got their win. I was like, Joe Harris was awful. Kyrie Irving was terrible. We did not have Nick Claxton, who would probably get some of the minutes defending on pick and roll against Giannis or going up against him. I know they probably backed down Nick Claxton, but he could guard him on the perimeter and do a much better job than DeAndre Jordan. Yes. I, Jeff Green missed every single open shot he took. And like I said before, Kyrie was bad. I mean, he had the one big three that, that got him close towards the end. There was the miraculous three, which was the hardest of them all. He right. was able to make that. But I felt that game going we're so we're better than this team i've seen it it took Giannis to put a 50 spot up almost just for them to hold on he's not going to do that every game yeah. he's not going to make those shots and you saw towards the end of the game Giannis missed his two shots and that's when the nets started to creep in and i know this is a big if 
But if James Harden's there, I think this team's just a lot better. And I normally I, I got to tell you, I was I like, got, they're going to. Yeah. But you know what? I can't think of James Harden anymore. Like James Harden now is in my world of I can't think of him being on the team. You know, wake me when he's healthy. Wake me when he plays. I'm not convinced he's even going to be ready for the first round of the playoffs. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. If James Harden's there, especially on a night where Kyrie Irving sucked, you're 100 percent right. Joe Harris was terrible. Joe Harris shouldn't have been in the game in the final few minutes. I think you even texted me this. Landry yeah. Shaman, who was pretty good in this game, should have been out there on the floor. Jeff Green wasn't great. Bruce Brown barely got burned. I guess they figure, look, Bruce Brown can't defend Giannis. I mean, I know there are very few guys in the league that can defend Giannis, but Bruce Brown is way too undersized to deal with Giannis. Giannis will just post him up. I mean, he'll take yeah. advantage of him. But I think that what was frustrating was this was a playoff game. And this was the first time, I don't even count the Laker game because the Lakers had nobody, right? This was the first time the Nets played a game relatively healthy, again, forget James Harden, where they came up short in a close game late. It was, the, it was really the first time. Hadn't happened all year. Every other close game where they were relatively healthy, playing a playoff preview, the first game against the Bucs in Brooklyn months ago when KD and Harden, I think, were out there. It, it, right. We won. So this was the first time where you kind of faced getting the L and coming up short. It, it absolutely was. They got the L. They couldn't pull it out, but they it just had the feel to me where they didn't play well. They didn't look good the whole game, but yet all of a sudden, somehow, they're down three points when they had opportunity after, after opportunity in the final 60 seconds to come away with a victory here. Tyler Johnson was bad. All these guys that normally are making shots for them, I understand they're going to get to a playoff game and the things tighten up and guys miss shots, but I don't expect it to happen where their five best shooters all of a sudden go ice cold. I expect them to play better than that. And I, I, I just left. Maybe I got a little hyped up too, because it was the first time it felt like a playoff game. It felt like you had some juice, some buzz, some energy and the nets came out there and gave effort at the end and they could not get the W, but I, I had a feeling leaving there like, okay, it's a loss. Take this, take the pill, move on. Let's see if we can do better. And I know you said you, you can't think of James Harden, but I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I can't stop thinking about it. I, I see him on the sideline, and he's in these amazing outfits. He's looking <laughs> so handsome and debonair on the sidelines. All I can think about is James I know. Harden. I, I, he's, you know, he's on the he's, he's the one guy that's not on the bench. He's, like, hanging over on the but, side. But, Seth, but, but Mike, get Mike, him out of my head. Steve Nash said days ago, he's not even close. I mean, it's May. It's the first week of May. The playoffs start in less than three weeks. If he's not even close, is he ready for a second round series against the Bucs? Because let's face it, the Nets are going to probably get the two seed. The Bucs are probably going to get the three seed. I always thought the one seed was a long shot with Philadelphia having the tiebreaker and then really having a soft schedule because essentially the Sixers have to lose two games the rest of the way. They have to find a way to lose two games. The Nets basically have to win every game. And if you look at who Philadelphia is playing, they're playing Chicago, Houston, New Orleans, Detroit, Indiana, Miami, and Orlando twice. They're probably not losing two games. And even if they do, I'm not convinced the Nets are going to run the table because they have a tough schedule when you look at Dallas and you look at uh, Denver. It's not easy. So they're going to be a two-seed. So the 2-3 matchup, this preview that we saw on Sunday, think about when it's going to be. It's going to be a month from now. Is James Harden ready in a month? I don't know. Well, I will tell you, you know, everybody that hated this, this play-in tournament, thank God for it, because that'll extend four or five extra rest days. <laughs> that's true. Because you have to have this tournament happen. So if that wasn't even going to occur, that's one last week of James Harden. 
Evan, when they get to the play, whoever it is in the first round, if it's the Pacers, if it's the Hornets, whoever it might be, if it's Miami, they're going to have to win games. And I finally just got to the point where I was watching this game versus the Bucs. And I was like, all of this we've talked about, all of the regular season, all of the games that have gone through, one seed, two seed. Here it is. It's go time. Let's get the wins. Let's 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 get this started. And yeah, if you get to the second round of the playoffs, there's only eight teams left in the entire league. So you're going to have to play the best teams. I, I mean, in I, the way like the Knicks are playing right now, do you, do you really want to? I mean, like maybe. Yes. Yeah, I'd rather. Of course, I'd rather play the Nick. I'd rather play the Knicks than the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I admire what the Knicks are doing, and I'm not saying it would be an easy sweep. And I know. And look, I'm not bitching or saying the Nets can't beat the Bucks or won't beat the Bucks. I'm not saying that. I'm merely saying that's the difference between the one seed and the two seed, and that's a much more difficult road. That that's that's all I'm saying. And look, I think you bring up a bunch of valid points. The Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday afternoon got a monster performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo. The guy missed 15 shots. He took 36 of them. Chris Middleton played really well. They were getting most of their production from their quote-unquote big three. And I think the other thing that was really, really cool about the KD-Giannis battle was Giannis beat the Nets because the Nets said, we're going to give you this. We're going to let you take open jump shots. We're going to let you take wide open threes. And to Giannis's credit, he made half of them from three. Great job. You tip your hat. I don't necessarily think that's going to be a strategy for an entire best of seven series, but that was clearly their strategy on Sunday. Maybe a part of it had to do with the personnel that was out there, including DeAndre Jordan. So Giannis had a big performance, partially because the Nets dared him to have one. KD had a big-time performance because there's not a goddamn human being who can stop him. That's why he had a big-time performance. P.J. Tucker did everything he could defensively on him at times, and KD hit shots that humans should not be able to hit. And so, really, the only thing that can stop Kevin Durant is you-know-what, and that's health. That was me knocking on wood, by the way. So you had one superstar put together a monster performance because the Nets dared him to do it, and another superstar had a monster performance because there isn't a human alive that can stop him, and that's kind of cool. I have there. There was this awesome clip that actually was on ABC where they mic'd up uh, P.J. Tucker, and he was next to Kevin Durant, and it was after KD had one of these really nice moves where – he was at the he was at the uh, he was at the the corner elbow at the three point line and he made a move baseline and took a shot and PJ Tucker was saying I watched you the last three games I was studying this move you didn't do what you did in the last three games I got to admit like that was awesome I don't know how you did that and <laughs> so to play your point like PJ Tucker was saying like I don't know I can't stop you and yeah Kevin Durant when he's just firing threes over people it's unstoppable it's unguardable and it was i felt as if like i felt safe with him there i felt like he was the security blanket for us and that's the thing about Giannis. every shot he took i mean he was wide freaking open <laughs> and i don't mind if that's going to be i mean like he was like you couldn't do that to kevin Durant. you couldn't be like okay that's no. for everyone i felt i i don't mind that strategy early and if you're going to play that game the problem is like when you're in the flow of an offense and Giannis is shooting threes it's it's a little different than when you're just giving him shot after shot after shot. And if he starts to make one or two, then his confidence goes from nothing to sky high. And once his confidence is there, I say you shut it down. You make him take more difficult three-point shots that are in the flow of the offense. Right. I don't mind starting it, but you got you, there had to have been an adjustment. If he's not missing, you got to say like, okay, we got to try something different. This clearly right. is working. 
because their thought was, hey, look, he's a 31% three-point shooter. He's under 30% in his career. The numbers are going to even itself out. That was basically their strategy, saying the numbers tell us he's not going to hit all these shots. And look, it's something similar to you said earlier. How often in a best-of-seven series will Giannis have a game like that? And the answer is probably not likely. The Nets have three guys on their roster. Assume, you know, I did it. Now I'm assuming James Harden. But yeah, okay. Two guys on their roster, if we just include Kyrie, who are capable of a performance like that any any night, any given week. While I think you look at Giannis as great of a player as he is, and you wonder how often can he do what he did Sunday? I'll tell you this, for my own mental sake as a fan, and I know it may not mean anything, I really would like to win Tuesday night. I think getting a W yeah. as a return of the favor, if you will, I don't know. It would make me feel a little bit better and have some optimism going into what I think is inevitable, and that's these two teams playing in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I thought that yesterday, too, when I was watching this game. I was like, this is this is going to be the playoffs. Like, get locked and loaded for this six times. This is going to happen. I mean, you definitely had that feel of – watching these teams. And then I started thinking about the adjustments that teams will make. What will they, Steve Nash do with Giannis? Will they send a double team? How are they going to defend him in the post? What will be the matchup? Who's the guy that's on there? And I just started to envision end of May or early June or whenever this is going to be of just watching these two teams play. Cause really for Milwaukee, you said that they got a big bump from, from the three guys, Holiday, Middleton, onto the Kumpo. And then the only other guy that really provided anything for them offensively was Forbes. Right. He was driving. Bryn Forbes hit with, some big oh, shots, pain in the ass. He was. Yep. He was he was super annoying. But other than that, like offensively, they are not as gifted, I will say, as what the Nets do have. So I again I I was a loss, but I I, I felt hyped. I felt excited. And maybe my mentality in the earlier the season, being nervous now, I'm like we're here. If it's the Bucks. Let's just do it. Let's roll. Let's go. And, uh, you know, it's just counting down the days now. So just getting hyped up. About hey, it. by the way, out of curiosity, when does Ramadan end? Do we know when that ends? It's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, question. the only reason I ask, and I have no issue with it, I respect his uh, religious beliefs, is it can't be easy for Kyrie Irving fasting during the day. No, it just can't mm. be easy. And here's all I know. Kyrie Irving has not looked like the dominant Kyrie Irving over the last couple of games. So maybe once Ramadan ends and he can get back to a normal eating schedule, maybe that'll help him because he was really non-existent. Other than that circus three, you know, we didn't see that same efficient Kyrie Irving that we've known. And the other thing about this game on Sunday that I, I don't think will tell the story of a playoff series was the officials, the officials. And I, and I'm not, necessarily complaining about it. I'm making an observation. They really let them play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's bad. You know, when Ky- when Kevin Durant gets swatted on the arm and there's no foul call and now KD's call for a technical because he's actually calling the officials out for sucking at their job. That's not ideal. But I think in overall, it was cool that they let them play. And here's why that's a big deal. Because the Brooklyn Nets will kill you from the line, specifically the three guys mm. if they're out there. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, you're just kind of waiting for him to miss a big free throw. And he's going to be the guy who's at the line most of the time. And Giannis is, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired at the line. I think he's shooting, what's he shooting this year? I mean, it's not terrible, is it? Like 65%, 66 something like that. It's not, it's not 90%. It's not James Harden. It's not Kevin Durant. So I think how a series is officiated 
is going to go is going to make a big difference. And I'm not necessarily sure it's going to be officiated the way it was officiated on Sunday. Yeah, I want to say he's shooting like 68 percent from the free throw line. Maybe I heard during during the broadcast. That's not three great. Six in the game versus the Nets. No, it's not great at all. And it does feel like he comes up short in big spots. And for him, I mean, this is a huge play, you know, a huge playoff coming up. This is the team that's been, you know, the favorites to get through the Eastern Conference in the last two years have fallen short and fallen very flat. And he's been just very unproductive in big spots. And it's been, a, you know, for him, this is the this is another big year for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Can he go out there and can he get his team to the next level? But it'll be interesting, too, for the for the Bucs is they're going to go into this series if it is the Nets in the second round. Like, this is the first time where the Bucs won't be the favored team, most likely. I would say the Nets probably will be, even if James Harden is not there. So I'll be curious from like Giannis's perspective, if maybe that helps him relax a little bit, knowing that this is not the favored to win, even though he's been, you know, two-time MVP, <laughs> maybe that'll help him and his psyche a little bit, hit down jump shots, make free throws, make three-point shots. Because as we've seen in the playoffs in the last couple of years, that, that strategy where you kind of just create this wall around Giannis and you force him to shoot or force him to turn it over. He's really been flat in the playoffs. It's been, it's been brutal for him. We both wanted the one seed. The one seed's gone. I mean, like I laid out earlier, the Nets are going to need the Sixers to lose twice. And with the soft schedule that they have, that's unlikely. And then the Nets have to win every game. So when you think about it that way, it is very, very, very unlikely the Nets are going to get the one seed in the East. Here's the deal with the two seed, because that matters too. Not necessarily as much about matchup in the first round, but more so home court advantage in a potential second round matchup like we're talking about. If the Nets win the Tuesday night game, the confidence is very high they're going to get the two seed. They get the tiebreaker. They open up. I think it would be in the loss column, a three-game lead with the tiebreaker. It's a wrap. I mean, essentially, that would wrap up the two seed. But if they lose, if mm. the Bucs win, they'd only be separated by one game in the loss column, and the Bucs would get the tiebreaker, which means if Milwaukee takes advantage of what they have, which is a pretty soft schedule and the Nets get tripped up, whether it's against Dallas or against Denver, they could take the two seed. So again, if seed matters to you, and I understand there's a lot of people who say it, it doesn't, you know, maybe they don't care if a game seven is in Milwaukee or what the first round matchup looks like, which isn't as much as the potential home court in the second round. The Tuesday game's huge. It really is. I mean, just, Lay it out that way. Nets win against the Bucs. A, it makes us feel good as they return the favor after losing on Sunday. But B, they would basically wrap up the two seed with it. If they lose, though, that door is ajar for the Bucs to take the two seed. The, the home court advantage for the Nets does feel big. Now, I will say when you get to the playoffs, it's a little bit different as if, like, you're traveling, you're going on back-to-backs. You know, the home road thing gets a little different because of travel schedule flying everywhere you played this team that's playing that team the night before and those all make a difference in home and away and I don't think it's as big of a deal once you get to the playoffs because it's a rhythm and and both teams are basically doing the same schedule but with that said the Nets are 25 and 8 at home this year 18 and 14 on the road Bucks 21 and 10 at home 19 and 14 on the road I, I like the Nets chances when they're at home when they play anybody and I do feel more confident when they are in Brooklyn the game we saw against like the uh, Portland Trailblazers was something we don't see often from them at home maybe the other time I saw it was against the Dallas Mavericks earlier in, in recent memory so them at home to me is a much bigger deal and, I, and that I would love versus the Bucks. if they had to go on the road to start the series that would make me a little bit more nervous about it 
get them at home, give them that seventh game if it's there. I think that is I think that is crucial just because of how good we have seen the Nets in Brooklyn. They're very sure. dominant and they don't lose. No, they've lost eight games all year in Brooklyn. They're 25 and eight at home. They've been great. And the reason I, I don't want to dismiss the first round because obviously the first round could be a battle. I mean, they could be matched up against Boston. They could be matched up against Miami. They could be matched up against the Knicks. And even though we'll have confidence they'll win, I don't want it to be like the first round doesn't matter. The reason why, though, I don't think seating matters is because the Knicks, Atlanta, Miami, even Boston are so bunched together that I couldn't tell you as the two seed, oh, they're definitely going to play that team, especially because it's coming out of a play-in tournament. Same thing with the three. Like right now, if you're the three seed, which is where Milwaukee is residing, they'd be matched up against Miami. But that could be also Atlanta. Or that could be Boston. Or maybe it'll be the Knicks if they lose a couple of games on their West Coast trip. So it's very convoluted on who you'd face in the first round based on if you're the two or the three. I guess one advantage of the two is that you're taking on a team that just had to compete in the playing tournament, even though it would be them winning a game. Like, it's not like they have to play a best of three or best of five. But I agree with you. I mean, going to Milwaukee and having to play game one and two, and having to potentially play a winner-take-all game seven on the road, that is not ideal. So it's a big game to beat them on Tuesday, not only to return the favor, but for those reasons. I did love Blake Griffin, and he grows on me every week. And mm. I don't just mean the explosive dunk on the somebody missed a shot, he jammed at home. It's the charges, man. Yes. I get so turned on when Blake Griffin takes a charge, bro. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's turn on worthy, and he's done a lot of them. Well, I don't know I the know. exact number of them. I don't know exactly he how many leads times the been, league been turned on for it, but it's it's unbelievable. You know, I didn't watch him uh, in depth like that in Detroit or in you know in LA, and obviously all you remember are the highlight plays, and he's he he can still dunk as we've seen. He had that putback, but his hustle, not only the charges, his hustle these last couple of games. I mean, he is diving for loose balls. He's all over the floor. Like I would say right now, him and Bruce Brown are the two most active nets that are getting dirty, taking charges, going for loose balls, r- running on defense. Like I, I've been very impressed by with his ability to give it his full effort. And, and that to me is like, he's here. This to this to him is about winning a championship. And it's not just, oh, I'm signing with the Nets. This is my place to go. I'm not the same guy. I mean, yeah, the charges, the defense, he's... He's been he's been awesome. He really he has. Really, no, he's been great. I can't believe this season is almost over. I mean, yes, it's weird to think about uh. the Milwaukee game, the Dallas game coming up. They go to Denver. They go to Chicago. So this is a, a pretty long road trip coinciding with the Knicks West Coast trip. And then they come home and they wrap it up with San Antonio, Chicago and Cleveland. And that's it. And I think we basically sit a week and wait for this play in tournament and see who we get matched up with. I mean, if we're the three seed, I guess we would know who we were matched up with. But Man, this is this was a warm up Sunday. That was that's what it was. Yes. It was a stomach churning warm up for what the next two months hopefully will feel like, which will be stressful, yes. but hopefully rewarding when it's all said and done. It better be rewarding. Yeah, I think I was really craving that game in a lot of ways, even though they lost. I just felt as if I was in the moment of watching a playoff game. I can't remember the exact score, but it was a Kyrie Irving shot late that he missed. It may have been able for them to go tie the game, I want to say. And I, like, I jumped out of my seat, and I just felt that energy. I felt that buzz. I felt that high and that excitement. I was like, oh, boy, like it's here. We finally got into the finish line. It's finally time to go to the playoffs, and let's do this. And I was like, all right, 
Here we go. I'll just leave you with one other thing, Evan. Would you want to be the one seed, but then you get the Wizards in the first round if they win their play-in? Would that, uh, would that, would that make you nervous? I mean, I, honestly, when we get to the first round, you'll see this. Everything's going to make me nervous. True. I mean, just, I think, I think any first round, no matter who they play, I'll be nervous. So I don't even think it matters. But you can follow uh, Mike Biseglia at Mike Delivers Pod. Definitely check out the Bad Weather Fans Podcast for any Nets fan listening, or even Knicks fans listening, because it's a Nets fan and a Knicks fan basically uh, bitching at each other. And I enjoy that immensely. So check out his podcast. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.